So our scripture today comes, uh, we're still in the chapter 13 in the Gospel of Matthew, but we're in the 31st verse after our scripture from last week. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. I don't know about you all, but everything feels big these days. <laughs> There's just a lot right now. Certainly too big to be solved in one sermon or one prayer. And I don't have enough words or any words to speak into this moment in our history, let alone the exact right ones. And because of that, it makes me feel very small and insignificant in the midst of what we're facing, in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, major divisions in our government, among families, among friends, school is different, work is different, church is different. There have been so many deaths and losses, one after another, it just feels big right now. And as I said, it can make me feel so small. And I don't know if that's particular just to me. I think it doesn't matter who you are, whether you are considered big or important or not, or you're young or you're old, or you live here or someplace else. I think in the midst of all of this, it's easy to feel small. Like, how can we possibly make a difference? And I think that's why our book, I left it down here, the my one word that we're working on, for me, that, that's helping me declutter my brain, to narrow my focus, to remind me that I don't have to fix everything right now. I can't even fix everything if I tried, but I can work on one thing. I can focus my attention, and we talked about the word for the church, which is to grow. How can we grow as disciples this year? How can we grow as disciples of Christ? And hopefully you noticed this last week and this week, we started with this one little thing. I just added this one little thing to worship. I decided to put our identity statement at the beginning. We've had it on our slides, but I decided to just start reading it at the beginning of worship. That's a tiny thing, right? And we can think like, well, what difference is that possibly going to make? I don't know if it will make any difference, but I'm willing to try by planting that seed of placing who we're called to be and who we want to be and see if anything grows from it. I do know that it matters what soil it's being planted into, and we talked about that last week. We talked all about soil last week, about how abundantly God's seeds can grow in good soil, that God can grow 30, 60, 100 times beyond anything we can possibly imagine. But we also talked last week about what can hinder the soil, right? You know, one of the ones is if we don't nourish it, if we don't water it, if we don't nourish our faith and our soul with worship and prayer and study and service, it can go dry. And maybe 
We can do that by saying yes to something that's good for our soul and no to something that's not good for our soil, for too many things. We learned last week we're going to have to dig up some rocks, some hard places that everybody has. And maybe they look a little hidden and look smaller, and when we dig them up, we realize they were much bigger than we expected. We have to do it in ourselves, maybe in our church. And it may take a while. Digging up those rocks may be a slow process, but they make room for new growth. Finally, we talked about how we had to take on the thorns that we have let grow up, the ones that represent the ways that we have been hurt or the ways that we have hurt others or continue to hurt others. And even all of that, taken on that soil, feel, can feel too big, like too much. But in today's parable, Jesus says, nope, it's going to be tiny, this thing you're going to plant. It's going to be really small, and yet it's going to make this huge difference. It's going to become something bigger than you could imagine. He talks about these very small things, seeds and yeast, and that he says that's what God uses all the time to build the kingdom in ways we can't even comprehend. I was talking with my writing partner, we realized if there was ever a year to talk about yeast, it was 2020, the year everybody learned how to make bread. Everybody was sharing the best banana bread recipe. Um, and then apparently because there was, oh, and I discovered one, a chocolate pumpkin bread, delicious, highly recommend. And because of that, there ended up being a shortage of yeast in the grocery store, right? So a shortage of toilet paper, cleaning supplies, yeast. We're going to have weird things to explain to generations later. But people were baking so much that the grocery stores were running out of it. But then, you know, the scientists came along, you know, with their knowledge and their expertise and were like, y'all, we, we literally can't run out of yeast. You can, you can grow it yourself. You can get your own yeast started. You, you take some of your old dough, you grow more. Because what yeast wants to do is to make things grow. That's what it does. And I thought about why do people want to make bread this year? Some of it was we had more time. We were at home. We needed something to do, but I like to think it was something more than that. I think it's because there's simplicity in bread. Bread's also really nourishing. It smells great when it's baking in your house, makes your whole house smell good. But we also know how good bread can be. We, we break it every single week and share it in communion. Jesus calls himself the bread of life. Bread is good. And if you've ever watched, I don't know if you've seen the Great British Bake Off. If you haven't, you should. It's excellent. Thank you. JC's agreeing. But you know what happens when they take their bread dough and they put it in the proving drawer. If they leave it there too long, it, it, you want to see something grow, <laughs> just leave it in there too long. It gets too warm. Because yeast needs just the right conditions, and it can, it can explode. It can, not in a bad way, explode, but just make, make the dough really big which is exactly what our woman in the parable expected. What I found interesting was Jesus did not say how much yeast she used, so it seemed like apparently just a normal amount of yeast, but he did clarify how much flour she used, which was three measures. So Milan and I were talking about this week, and we're like, well, what do we think a measure is? Is that like three cups? Is that like a big cup? So I looked it up. It's almost a bushel, a little over a bushel of flour. Y'all, that's a lot of flour. <laughs> I couldn't fit that in my kitchen. I mean, I could, but it would be everywhere. 
That's enough to make, I think they were saying between 100 and 150. You could feed 150 people with it. But with a, she does it with a normal amount of yeast. She trusts that that will be enough to leaven all that she wants to leaven because he says God knows how to take something small and turn it into something abundant. Now, that doesn't always happen because sometimes you're like me and you have baking fails. I had an epic baking fail over Christmas. My mom asked for some kuchen for Christmas Day, and I actually had time on Christmas Eve to make it, and I had a good recipe from a church member. I had used it before. Brooke and I had made it. It was delicious. It was easy. This should be no problem, right? goes in the oven. I'm feeling very accomplished. And then I take it out, and it grew but not in the ways that I wanted to. It grew all over the pan and all over my oven. And that's because apparently uh, when you read the recipe, you should not put two tablespoons of baking powder in something when it asks for two teaspoons of baking powder. So I did it again. I was like, I have enough butter. I have enough stuff. I made it again. Everything looked fine. I pulled it out. It looked fine. I cut into it Christmas morning. Totally raw in the middle. Sometimes we try with the best intentions, and it doesn't work. That doesn't mean I'm never going to make this coffee cake or kuchen again. It just means it didn't then. I was smart enough to tell Mark when I was making the second one, you might need to make some bread, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> like, so we have something to eat on Christmas morning. And we did, and it was delicious. It wasn't what we expected, but we still got fed. And we had a good funny story, which is nice. And that can happen with spiritual practices, too. The one I'm using myself for all my examples today. So I remember in a sermon a while back, I told you all that my prayer partner and I were taking pictures every day and sending them to each other, right? Well, we had this wonderful plan. So we were, this was in the fall. We were going to send each other these pictures. Then we were going to trade the pictures and write an Advent devotion about each of the pictures. And then we were going to put it all together. And we were going to have an Advent devotion. And we were going to share it with some of our colleagues. And we'd have this great resource. I'm here to tell you how many Advent devotions I wrote. Can you make a guess? Sherry got it right. Exactly zero. <laughs> now, we did send all the pictures, and I got to chat with my friend who lives in Texas almost every day for a month, and that was lovely. And I got to see parts of her life and her walk, literally her walk every day that I don't normally get to see. It helped me pay attention to the places I saw every day, inside my house, outside my house. It's not what we planned but it turned out to be a bit delicious and nourishing anyways. Doesn't mean we don't try. And the other thing that can happen is, um, and I think this can happen to seeds too. I know it can happen to yeast because you've got to look at the expiration date that it can, it, can go, it can get old. It just won't be as effective um, if it waits. We can get stuck when we do the same things over and over and over again the same way we've been done. So maybe one of your seeds might be to change up your routine. If you do things in the morning, do them at night. If you're used to using the same devotional, use a different one. If you've been doing the same kind of service, do a different service than that. Just trying something you hadn't tried before might be the seed to plant this year. I got a message from 
and I promise I'm not going to use the Allens in all my illustrations for this series, but Joan <laughs> contacted me this week about something else, but she also told me that at her son Chris's church, uh, somebody there bakes the communion bread for them every week, and she got a mixer for Christmas, and she's like, do you think it would be okay if I, maybe I made a loaf for communion? Of course, I was like, yes. I immediately wrote back saying, that sounds like a great idea. Well, she's not done that. I mean, if, or she has done that. It's been a really long time since we've done that here. We've, we've had the Hawaiian bread forever, which is delicious. Don't get me wrong. But I'm very excited to try Joan's bread <laughs> this morning. And this may last a season. This may last years. More people may want to make the bread. I already thought about it. I may ask Mark to make a loaf for it. It could be the start of something. It could be the start of a new ministry. We just don't know but it's at least trying something new, planting a different seed. And the idea is that seeds and yeast, they want to grow. Seeds want to literally be transformed into something else, into something much bigger. Like in the music video, they start by planting the seed and then they're resting under the tree. It gets transformed. It's almost unrecognizable. And Jesus says the kingdom is like that. And it's found in these incredibly ordinary things. He doesn't pick the fanciest plant that grows in Israel. He picks the mustard bush, which could be found anywhere, which some would find invasive. Um, and bread. Bread was literally on the table for every single meal they ever ate. You know, when he said daily bread, you literally could get paid a day's wage that would just pay for your meal that day. So... Bread was so incredibly ordinary and yet so incredibly essential. So sometimes it's not in the most extraordinary changes, extraordinary seeds that we plant, but the most ordinary ones. The smallest changes, one minute at a time, one practice at a time. The one that our stewardship team's going to uh, put into practice this year in the fall uh, is they came up with this idea, and I wasn't sure at first, but they were like, well, what if we challenged every member of the church to give $1 more a week? JC knows who this is. <laughs> Susan, who recommended it. And at first I was like, I don't know, maybe. Is that going to be big enough? I don't know. So I mentioned it, of course, to Martin, who's the numbers person who did it instantly in his head, and he was like, oh, that would be great. He said if 250 people gave a dollar a week, that's $13,000. That's a McDonald's Coke. That's like one-fourth of a Starbucks, Sherry. <laughs> That's like a third of a tank of gas, depending on the week, part of a tank of gas. But what a huge difference that might make here. That's whole new ministries that could be happening. That small changes can make a big difference when we put them in God's hands. When we plant the seeds God wants. I also like... Three measures is a lot of flour. Melana said it's going to take the whole church to make this bread, right? <laughs> to even find a counter big enough for it. Parables are a reminder that we don't have to fix the whole world by ourselves or even fix ourselves, certainly not without help, but we can all do something small. We can all do something new and then wait and see what God might make of it. We all have the capability of planting the seeds that Jesus wants to plant in us. Now, it might be different for different people and different based on where you are in your walk in faith. If you're 
pretty new to Jesus, or maybe you've been away from the church, but you've come back because of online worship, because it's super convenient on a snowy day like today to stay home with your coffee. I get that. But if you're kind of restarting your walk, you might be at one level. It might be like last week. It might be one verse a day. Maybe you just start with a few minutes of prayer or a short devotion in the morning or the evening, or you just join one thing. Now, for those people who've participated regularly and even been on teams or led programs, your next small step might be different. Might mean reinvesting in a ministry you left behind in the midst of the pandemic, or maybe you've just never joined a Bible study before, and this is your chance to do that. Maybe you start a Bible study. I want somebody to start one with that Food and Feast book of Jesus that I'm reading. I would love to do a Bible study with people on that. Maybe you take a step up in a ministry that you already do. You lead a part of a program that you have, and you come up with a new digital way to do something that we've never done before. Ask if there's a one-time service opportunity you think you can fit in. You know, I talked to Joanne Robbins today, this week, and she asked, she'd love to, she said, I'd love to send cards out to people. So we're like, okay, we'll send you cards. We'll send you pre-addressed labels, and she can do that. I know that Mark Leeser has been joining Glenda Stevens. She, they drive by and check the blessing box every single week. We're literally planting a community garden this year. <laughs> if you want to help with that, you can reach out to Emily Katsky, and you can start helping with that program, and who knows what part of that you might join in. And then there are my long-term faithful members who can check every box, uh, several are here, <laughs> and even the above and beyond box. Your seeds might be different. Maybe you're planting what you, something you need to let go of to make room for others to stretch and grow. Now, this is not a radical change. This doesn't mean you drop everything you're doing. What's a small shift from one part of your garden to a different part? You just turn and notice and, huh, I haven't planted anything there in a while. I know Patty Scott stepped up to being an elder again this year, but then needed to be released from the worship team, which allowed Cheryl Ritten to step in and step up and has been planting for us and learning about the liturgical seasons, learning about how we decorate and how we prepare the sanctuary. Maybe for you it's going deeper on a challenging topic of faith than you've ever gone before. Reading a point of view that's different than yours. Maybe even the opposite side. Maybe for the first time ever you join a group working for justice on an issue that you care about. Poverty or the environment or health care. And again, not a burden, but a small change. Now, the good news is you can make bread in a day. You can also make two really bad loaves of coffee cake, but hopefully you make good bread in a day. Yeast can grow fast, and some practices and some changes are going to have quick results. You're going to sense them and feel them automatically. Maybe that's that one minute of meditation or the dollar a week. And there's some seeds that can grow that fast, like the blessing box took off really quickly and has been really busy, and that's good. But there are some seeds that take a while, that are slow growing. As we said, we're doing this over the whole year. This isn't something that ends in January. These are seeds we're just thinking about and planting 
We don't always know exactly what they're going to produce. And as I said, we also have baking fails, and we have, I've planted seeds at my house that just didn't grow anything. And I want us to be a place that's a culture of celebrating the attempt, celebrating the planting at all, the stretching and the planting, not just the successful harvests that are easy and obvious to see, because we have to remember, even when we flop, we still learn. I learned to read the recipe more closely <laughs> and not to add so much baking powder. I also learned it's okay if it's my husband's bread and not the thing I planned. I learned getting to connect with my friend and see those pictures was a beautiful thing, even if it wasn't everything we thought it would be. No matter what, we'll grow something. Maybe we'll grow resilience. Maybe we'll grow a sense of humor about it. Maybe we'll grow a new approach to something. Because most of us know in failure we learn way more than when we succeed. Can I get an amen from the people here? We've all had that happen. We're living in momentous times. We're enduring momentous changes and losses right now. Everything feels so big. And it's easy for us to feel small. But what Jesus says is small is enough. It's more than enough. It's abundant. And it's always been about one person making one small change. We'll watch a video later in worship of some archival footage from the March on Washington of all the people who had to choose to be there, who had to make that decision, the ones who had to pack the lunches, the ones who had to make the signs, the one who got to sit on the side of the, the mall and put their feet in the water. It's always about one person making one decision, one change, saying yes or saying no, deciding to change our mind, deciding to listen or deciding to speak up, to not say something or to say something. But as we continue to work to till the soil of our faith to make some good soil, Jesus says it's the smallest changes in the gospel direction that can result in enough food to feed many, many many people, enough to create branches so that many birds may find shelter, so that we can all be nourished, even you and even me. God will take care of the harvest. God will even take care of planting the seed and doing the work in the dark of transformation. but it's always been about people who feel small doing one small thing and seeing what God can do with it. Choosing to bring our soil to join God's garden, even if it's just a tiny patch. Just as God has always said about you, you are small, but you are also enough, and you always have been.